All right. Well, hey, welcome back to the Go for CEO channel where we bring you CEOs, founders, entrepreneurs, and entrepreneurs all around the world. And, you know, this is pretty exciting because once again, as I've done many, many times on this show, and I know that you've valued it, is uh, we pluck a, an all-star out of the clubhouse side of things. Uh, you guys know that platform. I have been so encouraged because of the relationships I've been able to build. And this gentleman is nothing you know, less than spectacular because of just you know the background that he has. We're kind of in similar industries, so we really relate. He's a great, genuine person and a phenomenal leader, been in business for 20 plus years. So super excited for you, Go for CEO community, to get to learn from the man Kyle Griffith, he's actually a managing partner with NYBB Group, uh, also the commercial real estate division. And then he founded a company which is really revolutionizing the way that people kind of go to market for M&A. So, and it's actually called M&A with just with a different twist in spelling. So Kyle, welcome to the Go for CEO channel. Hey, what's happening, John? I'm so excited to be here. Uh, appreciate the opportunity to chat. And we have connected, what's been over a year now, I think it is? Yeah, and, just about um, a year. We just gelled, man. Sometimes you meet someone and you get a good vibe and you get a good impression. And um, I definitely uh, appreciate all the great work you're doing. Um, you're an exceptional entrepreneur and I've uh, been following you all along and, and learning and, and connecting. And um, especially the platform you have here for Go for CEO is all about providing value, giving back and educating small business owners. So, hey, I'm, I'm humbled and I appreciate the opportunity to connect and share with, with your audience. Awesome, brother. Well, hey, you know, super excited to have you. And look, I mean, obviously, one of the things that the Go for CEO community has really enjoyed is it's SMEs, right? Small to medium-sized enterprises. It's founders, it's entrepreneurs, it's people like yourself that even on the NYBB group, you know, you kind of led into the to the leadership side. So why don't you give us a little bit of a taste of Kyle Griffith, the person, the man, right? Uh, and then some of the ideas that came about, because I think we always enjoy hearing like what was that moment or what was that maybe that 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 scenario that got you into that entrepreneur side so take it away hey john you only had 40 minutes right so do you want the uh do you want the cliff note version or do you want the cliff note of the cliff note version <laughs> yeah, yeah. how about how the, the the cliff note uh and then i've got i do have some other questions so we okay. want to allow for some questions yeah so what, what what clicked for me, man? So I, I, I've always been entrepreneurial. I, I've always been business minded from the days selling lemonade and selling um, books for my for my church. You know, I'm from the island of Trinidad. It's a tiny island that's known for natural gases and oil. Uh, my my dad was in the oil business and my mom was in fashion. So from a young age, I was always been entrepreneurial. Um, came to the U.S. wanted to blaze my own pathway and. And learn the hard way that you need to have some good people around you and some good resources. But um, I, I tell you this much, you know, sometimes you need to learn um, and, you know, get some bruises and bumps and bruises along the way. Um, and that's kind of what happened. But um, from a very young age, I've always uh, wanted to be in, in, in small business and I'm just excited to helping people and their journeys as well. That's fantastic. So really the the relationship with what you grew up in the environment uh mm -hmm. you know obviously your parents you just mentioned uh with a with a big heartfelt uh scenario so what what was maybe one thing that you picked up that was pretty clear that your dad had on the business side so on the 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 business side um i i think one thing is you know financial freedom you know mm -hmm. be able to 
you know, you kind of get what you put in, so to speak. So if you provide this much value to the Mac marketplace, you get that much return and more um, as opposed to having a set set salary. So I, I like that unlimited income potential and, you know, having more control of your, your destiny and more control of your financial freedom. Um, so where my dad was very good with numbers, very thrifty, on the other end, my, my mom was more of a, a risk taker and, um, you know, she was more, how to put it, she was more frivolous when it comes to uh, making investments and spending. So I got a little bit from both. So my dad is more conservative. My mom is a more, uh, you know, how to put it with, with the fun. So um, I think for me personally, as a business owner, you have to be able to take some risk if you want to grow. Um, you know, the, the mattress money, the scared money doesn't work. So, you know, I took a lot of risks along along the way. And now I'm at the stage where I more manage that process more and make sure that, you know, I'm not as crazy as I used to be. But I've, I've learned um, the hard way that you need to plan things out first before you just jump into different business situations. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So, so you, you attribute your background, your, 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 you know, growing up with your parents, seeing them as the kind of the, um, the example of it, right? When, when you get to the United States, what are some things that you did to start to prepare? Was it more um, education, quote unquote? Was it being mentored? What, what are some ways that you get to the point where you now are obviously a managing partner and, and the founder of m and Network? So it's a little bit of everything. Um, so I, I went to Brooklyn College and uh, I thought my major initially was accounting and I slowly switched that to, to business finance. Mm-hmm. Um, at, at a certain point in my, my tenure at, at, at college, I realized that I, you know, I want to be in business management, running companies. Um, I did get mentored along the way. I had a couple of millionaires that I did mentor, that I did mentor with. And um, seeing the success that's available, you know, when you, it's, it's so so spectacular, man. When you're, sometimes you have to see it to believe it, you, mm-hmm. you know? Um, there's a lot of scriptures that tell you have to have faith and belief. So faith and belief is very important. But when I saw what was possible with my own eyes, that kind of opened things up for me that, hey, I definitely need to be in business and have some more control uh, of my of my destiny. Yeah, yeah, it made me think and instantly. Uh, I remember the first time I saw someone's bank account that was successful, yeah, and the multiple zeros with commas in it. And I was like, uh, I've never seen that before, <laughs> you know. Uh, typically, typically, you know, growing up, you know, at best was five figures. Uh, but when I saw that multi commas in a bank account, I was like, wow, man, it's I agree with you. There, there certainly is that mix of faith, belief, and proof in the pudding, right? So, yes. All right. Yes. So let's let's get into the minutia because I know people are wondering, like, well, okay, NYBB. I'm going to go Google that. Obviously, you're going to share some ways to communicate with you and your team. Uh, you know, at the end of the, the the interview here. But tell me a little bit about NYBB and and your journey with them and what is it? What did you start to develop as far as a business prowess? How did you mix in some of those things? And then we'll go into like what you've done to scale it and grow it and, and those types of things. So the MIBB you know now is not MIBB that we had 19 years ago when, when the company was first founded. Um, just parlayed into our previous conversation. So when I saw all the success that these colleagues were having, um, I wanted to have that similar success. And I've either started or, started or partnered in different businesses and some worked out, some didn't. 
uh, a colleague of mine told me about business brokerage and say, Kyle, you know, this field would be perfect for you. And when he told me about business brokerage, in my mind, I was thinking, wow, I'm going to get a chance to sit down and interview like how you're doing now, right? Interviewing me. I'll get a chance to meet all of these successful business owners, learn how they have grown their business, how they've built their business, how they've valued their business, how they've sold their business and so on. Um, get to learn what they did so I can implement it in my own business. Um, I also wanted to learn from their mistakes because a lot of times you can learn more from the mistakes of others as opposed to the successes, right? So um, that was my parlay into the business. However, I got really fired up about it. I get really fired up in working, helping people buy companies, help people sell companies. And I was looking for a company that I could you know, hang my hat with. And I interviewed three companies. And at that time, uh, I connected with the NYBB group. And I mean, it's history, you know? Um, we have grown a lot since when I first started with the firm. Uh, when we first started, uh, we were selling uh, Main Street companies. Uh, when you say Main Street, you know, smaller mom and pop, um, you know, restaurants and, and smaller businesses. Mm -hmm. And um, we decided that in order to scale the business, we have to be in a marketplace that you can create. Um, you can actually predict who your clients are going to be. Give you an example. Um, if you sell a, if you're selling a restaurant, to find a buyer for that restaurant, you, you cannot go out and handpick who that prospective buyer is going to be, right? Um, if you're selling an HVAC company, you can essentially find other HVAC companies or other folks in that space that are licensed or, or in the plumbing, electrical, or uh, especially trade space that would be a good fit for that industry. So we wanted to service different verticals that way we can have a quicker ramp up and work in sectors that we can create multiple, uh, you know, sales and so on. So we have grown from mid business brokerage. Now we are a full service mergers and acquisitions firm and our clients revenues are 5 million and up, uh, work at companies, 500,000 EBITDA and up. Uh, we still help some smaller companies at times, but our sweet spot is, uh, I would say that the small to mid market, mid market space. So we have uh, 10 M&A advisors. We are all certified intermediaries. We are all licensed as well. We do own a commercial real estate company. Uh, a lot of our deals do include commercial real estate. So when we sit down with a client, we can help them maximize both the sale of their business and their property. Um, that's, that wasn't always the case. Um, and then we have consultants that we bring on to help if we need any other additional, um, you know, industry experts in certain fields. So a lot has um, changed since then. We also now helping folks with their exit planning. If they're looking to sell five, 10 years on, we can, we can help them get prepped for a sale in the future. So a lot has changed, uh, you know, since, since we first started. I love it. I love it. Well, you know, I, the, the, the part I think that uh, I'd love to go a little bit deeper on is, you know, you had the background of your parents, you came to the States, you kind of tried and juggled different things. Some worked, some didn't. Uh, you find mentors that you said, like these millionaires, it's, they gave you the proof in the pudding. You're suggested an industry that you would be good at. I mean, uh, and then you jump into it. So was it a entrepreneurial side or how did NYBB, how was the structure so that uh, people can understand that you came in maybe as as a salesperson, but then eventually worked yourself up to a managing partner. Like, give us a little bit of that story. 
So when I fell in love with business brokerage, I just dived right in. So when I joined NYBB, I joined as a contractor, 1099, similar to a real estate industry. When you join with any of these real estate companies, you own as a 1099 subcontract, as a contractor, independent contractor. Um, that's how I joined. Um, but I just entrenched myself in it. I, I wanted to learn so much about it. Um, so I joined the local association. I joined the international association. Um, and I just, you know, I'm always learning. Always, I'm like a sponge feed information. Um, I want to learn from folks who are successful in the business. Um, so I went to the International Business Brokers Association. Um, there I joined one of the committees. And then... I started getting nominated for positions there. They nominated me to be a chair of one of the committees. Uh, then I became the chair. Then I was nominated to become uh, a board member. Uh, so I'm currently uh, on the board for the International Business Brokers Association. And then I was recently nominated to be the chair of the association. So starting next year, I'll be the chair of that association. So um, apart from IBBA, I'm also on the New York Association Board, and I have some other leadership positions in the industry as well. So um, I just got really entrenched. I wanted to learn. Um, but when I joined MIBBA, I put everything else on hold. Um, our family at the time, in 2005, we purchased a UPS franchise. Um, so we still had that operational, um, but everything else, all my other business interests was completely on hold. Um, and then I, I was getting the itch to, to get back into um, entrepreneurship again. And um, I don't know if it was, you know, how the world works, you know, you know, um, I didn't mention this to anyone, um, not even my wife, I, you know, I didn't talk to anyone, but then uh, I got a call from one of the owners at, NYBB and asked me if I have an interest in, in purchasing um, the company and becoming a part, buying into the company, become a partner. Mm. So um, that's what I did. Interesting. <laughs> uh, that's, that's what it, we actually uh, had some, you know, had a phenomenal year um, that year and actually was going to make some other investments. So I decided, you know what, um, let's do this. So we restructured the company Um Myself and another gentleman who was working with us, we came and we bought the company, we restructured it. So even though we started back in 03, um, you know, I, I like to say the last four years has been a quick, complete turnaround where we have um, been scaling the company. And, and, and um, so last year was a, a big year for us. And this year we're looking to, to you know, um, triple our numbers from last year. So we are in that, you know, growth mode. Phenomenal, phenomenal. Yeah, so yeah. when you say structure, just for uh, learning purposes, what were some of the things that structurally you did uh, differently under your leadership? Well, we we, we gutted the entire company. Um, we First of all, we restructured the company as far as from a legal perspective. Mm -hmm. um, we looked at all of our processes, our systems, how we do things. Um, we changed um, our systems, our technology. Um, we change our marketing material. Uh, we change personnel. Uh, we brought in some some new staff, and we brought in some new advisors. So from the beginning stages, from our our blueprint was modified. So we went from we were dabbling between business brokerage and M and A. So we just decided we're going to go straight mid, mid to um, lower to mid market. Um, that's our focus, as opposed to being all over the place. Um, and then you wanted to build a, you know, a very strong team that can support those initiatives. Um, and then we hired a, we hired a coach, uh, 
as many of you business owners that are listening, you know, if you have multiple paws on a company, sometimes it's hard to get, you know, three cats going to right one direction. Um, so we, we want to take our growth very seriously. So we brought someone in to help, um, you know, further uh, develop our processes and our systems, um, making sure we have the right people, everyone moving in the right direction, um, you know, build out our core values, our mission, um, establishing KPIs for the company, establishing markets we want to service, and then establishing our growth strategy. So this is what we are, our plans for this year, what's our plan for um, next three years, five years, 10 years, and so on. So we just started building out a, uh, a, a, a you know, a 10-year business plan um, mm. for the company. So that was over a, uh, you know, almost a four-year process now. So it really sounds like, man, you, you got deep, right? And you became involved in the industry. Then you found success because of your work ethic and because of the connections and the sales, obviously you, you generate on stuff. All of a sudden you get a random call that maybe you didn't expect, but you already had in your mind some things that you were like, man, I, I need to, you know, do some things, right? Uh, entrepreneurial, I'm, I'm in an entrepreneurial kind of scenario, but I don't know if I want to go out on my own. Then you get an internal call. But it's interesting, you you actually then broke it all down and kind of rebuilt everything to yes. the to the liking that you had. So that's tell us a little bit about the partnership side. So um, was it pretty easy to know that that other gentleman that you partnered with to, to take over NYBB, that you guys were in compatible, you know, you were compatible, you knew everything that you wanted to do? Well, we, we were we were both in a company already. Okay. We were both, so I've known him for a long time. We, you know, we work well together. We complement each other. Um, he's a, you know, MBA financial, um, former Morgan Stanley guy. Um, you know, um, so we we complement each other. He's, you know, we complement each other very well. So we knew each other. Um, so it wasn't someone from the outside that came in. So the the two owners for the company saw us as, um, you know, the next you know, leaders, mm -hmm. sort of um, owners, so to speak, to, you know, to, to take the company over, so to speak. Um, uh, one owner has since retired. Um, so we have bought him out. And now uh, there's three of us right now that, that own the company. I love it. I love it. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's an interesting but, scenario. But we, right? make, we make a yeah. point though. So um, many of you can actually relate that when you're in a family business, um, the, the members or the employees that don't have ownership, sometimes you, you don't have that much say in things. So what, previously when I was a contractor, you know, I'll have a lot of ideas as far as what we can do to, to build a company. And, you know, they were always receptive of it, but as far as taking action, sometimes that take time. But um, now as an owner, we can actually implement a lot of the ideas that we had. And, you know, so as a, as a visionary for the company, I'm always full of ideas of how we can grow and do things. Um, so that's, that's the major difference, you know, back then we were okay doing what we were. Um, now we are looking to, to, to grow the company exponentially. So, so you bring up a, a phenomenal point, knowing, knowing a little bit about your world, you actually consult your clients when they're going to buy a company, what kind of value add they can bring to the table. Like, what is it that you're going to do to improve, not just based on financials, but like, what are the ideas that this industry needs to go to the next level, right? So that's kind of what you did internally. Um, so give us one or two of the things that you, uh, I know that you said you kind of rebuilt the structure, you look to find talent. So take it wherever you want, but I'd love to hear so for the community, 
what is it that you tweaked and, and how did you see that change and how did you do it? This could be a long conversation because it's a, <laughs> it's a lot of tweaks. Yeah. So let's just talk personnel. Let's just talk, forget okay. the numbers. Okay, let's talk personnel. Um, we, we needed to have some more clarity. We need to have uh, more of a streamlined process. Um, so we had we had great people. We always had phenomenal people working for us, but we needed to have a great back end. So when you bring in the business, the client is well taken care of. Um, part of that is making sure that everyone is on the same page and they complement each other. You have uh, employees each has different mentalities and they have different skill sets. So you need to find uh, members that can cover the blind spots and fill the gaps. So you may have someone that's very detailed and more of a quality control person that makes sure that nothing passes, nothing gets out of here that unless it's complete. You may have someone that goes out, contacts the clients, you know, they engage with them and have an accurate relationship and connection with them, you know, having them all warm and fuzzy and, and cool. And you have some, another person in the team that's more of the, the nurturer and like the, the glue for everyone and so on. So we've been um, building a workforce that is uh, that works well together and serves each one of our purposes. We wanted to make sure that um, we're not boggled down in the weeds and in the details. So one of the changes we made, we have um, made some tweaks in our team and we have someone that actually does what we call um, you know, a client in engagement. Um, they're a deal engagement manager. So they manage all the clients and make sure that they're well taken care of and everything is moving smoothly. Um, we have someone in the back end that very extremely detailed, um, nothing gets past her. So she covers everything from a quality control. And we have a, another um, office um, support staff that works in our systems, our processes and everything. So from a personal standpoint, we want to make sure that we bring people in um, that not only know the job, like the job, and, and they know what our vision is and our core focuses are so we can all be rowing in the, in the same direction. Um, so that's one thing from a personal standpoint. Um, from uh, from a number standpoint, we're just kind of understanding what numbers we need to hit on a weekly basis. So we have weekly check-ins. So we have meetings every week to the, you know, and we we have different KPIs that we track. And if any one of those KPIs are off track, we have a we have a, a serious discussion about that, how we can fix that. So it's right away we can we can implement it. Uh, we know our numbers, what we need to hit. We can pull reports. Um, that's one thing. And then um, the other aspect is getting, you know, getting, um, you know, feedback from, from clients as well. Um, you know, uh, you know, getting feedback and understand, having us understand what their impression is also we can make, you know, make, make better on next time around, you know, um, I think getting feedback from your, your customers and your clients is, uh, you know, very important. Um, top of my head, those are the three I can think of, but there are many others. We just move into a new office space. So, um, you know, getting employee morale up in a, a bigger office where folks can, you know, do more and have more light coming in and so on. So, uh, but those are the main things, but most importantly, having the right people, uh, you know, I think with any business, you want to make sure that um, you have the right personnel that are committed. If you stop making money next week, they're not going to try looking for a job that they're, they're so loyal. They believe in the mission of the company that mm -hmm. they will stick around until things get back in the order and get up and up. Because as, as a business, your numbers are going to fluctuate. It's not always going to be skyrocketing, but um, yeah, those are the three main things. I love it. I mean, 
you know, I think you went deep into the the insights of what you were already thinking before you got the offer extended to you, right? Um, so it's interesting that it took you to then take that leap of faith to become a managing partner, to invest not only what you had already done, which was what your time was, but some some work ethics, some some sweat equity, and then some real equity to to make changes. It sounds like too that you made the changes that were needed for this organization to truly grow right or else it would have stayed kind of stagnant in the same way that you had already been operating for for a long time is that fair to say hey, hey john i'm gonna I'm gonna go say this is a, it's a team effort so i'm very blessed i'm thankful yeah. to have uh phenomenal partners uh my partners lou and anthony i mean i i, I i'm thankful every day to have two you know, awesome. I can have any better partners. Uh, our staff and employees are phenomenal. We have we have awesome advisors on our team that are very humble. They don't talk about their achievements. They're very humble. So when I got into this, I you know, I first got it. I didn't really know what to expect. I just know I had ideas because sure. of my involvement with the the brokers association. Like I saw what was possible. I saw the success that was possible. And sometimes what works for other people doesn't always work for you or for us, right? So we have to figure out how we can tweak our process, you know, to make it better. Um, one thing that we did do, we we joined a peer group mastermind. So we have, um, we are part of a larger company called Cornerstone International. And we meet um, the, the principals, us, we meet monthly and then the staff. So our admin staff and the admin staff of all the companies meet monthly and then the valuation teams meet monthly as well. And, you know, we talk about best practices, what works for each one of the firms. So that's what I'm saying. I'm not going to take all the credit because this is more of a collective effort from all of my team members, all of our affiliates, and we just help make each other better. But um, yeah, I, it has been a great ride. And, um, but this is just the beginning, man. We, we just now, <laughs> we just not getting started, you know? No, I love it. And, and, and I get, I understand. And I, I think the community here, as they're listening to you, gets what you're saying because truly, yeah, I mean, you don't get uh, to where you've been without the foundation that was started with the original founders, right? Then yeah. they bring you in with the other gentleman that's a partner of yours from uh, Merrill and, you know, or Morgan Stanley, sorry. And then that vibe creates that momentum that just takes it to the next level together, right? So awesome, awesome stuff. So give us a little insight, you know, um, tweaking some things for you personnel-wise. I'd love to go deeper on recruitment how did you start to look at that like what what were maybe some of the descriptions that you were looking for and then as you went through that process and started initiating conversations or interviewing people what were some things that came up to light and said to yourself okay this will work well with joe or sally or whoever so when you think of recruiting we have two levels of recruitment. Uh, one is recruitment for for mergers and acquisition advisors. So essentially the salespeople, right? That are gonna work with the clients and work the deals. There's also the staff recruitment. So, so let's talk about the advisors firsthand. Um, we have, we have uh, included software in, into, our, into our processes. So before we'd be like, you know, someone wants to join our firm, we sit down with them, tell them what we do, we learn about them. Um, we, don't, we don't do that anymore. Um, they have to do two assessments. So we, um, they do one assessment first. Um, if they pass that assessment, uh, we do a, 
we provide them with another um, assessment. So we use a, a software called Predictive Index. Hmm. So I, I'm, I'm sure you've interviewed a ton of people. Sometimes what's in their resume and what they say doesn't really match, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I can remember uh, a month back, I had this really sharp guy that we would have hired. I mean, he was saying all the right things, but I'm looking at, at his predictive index like you, you are you are an underwriter, right? You are you are an analyst. You are someone that's going to be in a room um, crunching numbers, which is fine. That's okay. We can still utilize your skills. But what I'm looking for, I'm looking for hunters. Mm -hmm. I'm looking for people who can go out and speak and engage uh, with with clients, learn from them, learn how we can help them, and so on. But on the interview, John, he. I mean, he said all the right things. He said, that's what I do. I can do all that stuff. So um, part of our process is we have, they interview with each one of the partners. So uh, on one side, I was saying, you know, this might be a good guy, but I wasn't so sure about it. So uh, my partner did a second interview and, and, and so on. So, so part of it is just utilizing some technology into our interviewing process. And also what we do now, we, we hire more for, for passion and we hire more for, for, for core values. You mm -hmm. know, they have, they have to um, fit into our, our culture and our team here. And then everything kind of falls into to play after that. Um, they, they, you know, everyone has to get us. So once they're hired, they go out, they have to go take the classes, they get certified. They have to go out, get their real estate license and all that, like all the stuff you can learn. But passion and joy and enthusiasm for you and just being excited for what you do, you can't really teach that stuff. So, you know, that's what we, uh, that's what we hire for. And for the staff, um, you know, similar, similar process. They do the same assessments, um, you know, similar conversation. We're just hiring for, diff diff you know, for different roles. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So I, I will say it's, it's, uh, it's interesting to kind of have now an upfront, I guess, uh, filter per se, right, with with the uh, software and the things that that can give you some predictive scenarios. Um, but would you still say it's gut? Is there a gut feeling that, you know, this guy or gal is sitting in front of you and maybe they don't match the actual filter part, but now that you've talked to them, it allows you to say, okay, I'll add this component of, of gut. Or would you say, hey, you've become really a bit more analytical than gut on that side? So you can be analytical and still be a great fit. Mm -hmm. um, but yes, there's always gut, there's always intuition, mm -hmm. you know, but, but think about when you're hiring an employee, you're making a major investment. You can spend, mm -hmm. if that salary for the employee is a hundred grand, um, you can make a, 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 a hire that can cost you not even a hundred grand. It can cost you a hundred grand for that role that you spent. Also the loss of opportunity and the training time and efforts. Cause everyone, cause I, I do all the training for the advisors. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to take time away from clients to train someone, time away from deal making to train someone. So you have to factor in all that. So, you, you know, uh, I love the idea of, you know, um, hiring slow and firing fast, yeah. right? So we want to make sure whoever comes on board is a, is, it's, 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 a, it's a good fit. But there it is. I mean, you have to go with your gut, have to go with your intuition. Um, but I use that as more as a final, you know, uh, you know, we have, they, they take the assessments, they go through interviews, um, so you have the data, and then mm -hmm. the, the gut, the gut ask, the gut is just another aspect, another metric that you that completes the full, the full, the hiring decision, and then it has to fit on the team as well. They have to, we have an awesome team here, so they have to, you know, be on the right same page. Everyone else.
mesh in. Correct. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So let's end up, uh, you know, uh, there's one little area that, uh, you know, people love to talk about, which is marketing. Uh, so I'd love to hear some of the things that you've been able to see uh, from your beginning parts to when you became a, a, a partner to then um, obviously the marketing that you guys deploy um, either from an internal perspective of a, of a development officer uh, or just the company itself and, and how you market. So why don't we spend a few minutes on that? And then at the end, what we typically talk to our client or to our interviewees is, um, you know, C is for client experience, which you kind of touched on, which I love employee engagement or just engagement in general, and then operational excellence. So, but let's go into marketing. What have you decided over the last few years and, and the team uh, that is really a marketing effort that you guys do? Yeah. So I think the key thing, you want to be an expert in a niche. So mm -hmm. when we first started, we were more, we were more general. Um, so now we are more vertical focused. So we have a, a healthcare vertical. Um, we have uh, logistics vertical. We have a, um, what do you call it? specialty trades, which is HVAC, plumbing, electrical. So we have established these particular verticals. We can go up with a very um, core message in those specific areas. Um, we also hired a, a marketing uh, person as well um, that can help um, implement and execute in these in, in those different key areas. Um, a lot is different from now from when I first started. Um, and when I first started, you know, it's pounding the streets and and and, and canvassing. So I, you know after those years, people kind of get to know you. So majority of our business has come from referrals, about 90% of my business, uh, you know, is referrals, but we are, we have a lot of, I mean, our marketing engine is insane. We have a lot of online marketing that goes on. Uh, I have two employees. All they do is make calls um, every day, um, four hours a day, they make calls, phone calls. Uh, we have um, a lot of digital marketing that goes on as well. Um, so anyone that joins our team, um, they get access to our, our marketing engine. Um, we do tons of mail, phone calls, um, email marketing. And um, what has been very successful for us is just, you know, developing relationships with folks that we can service and help. Um, I do believe that you have to bring some value um, in the process. So getting to know um, other professionals that are in a similar spaces we are in and seeing how we can collaborate and work together. Um, and that actually has been one of our, when it comes to uh, our clients, has been one of our challenges. Um, client comes and they want to sell their business. You know, they want to sell like right away. I don't blame them. You want to, you know, exit as, as soon as possible. But, you know, there's three things you need to exit your business. You need a motivated seller. You need a, a, a marketplace that's looking to buy a business. You need a, a lot of activity in that space. And the business has you ready for sale. And a lot of times the business is not ready for sale. Uh, miss most business owners, they look at their business. You, you think of, I like to use the used car analogy, right? You want to sell the used car. You know, if you vacuum it, you, you detail it, you might get a little bit more. You might need some paint job, get a little more, new tires and so on. Um, like staging a house almost. You have to get the business prepped and ready. So out of that concept, uh, an idea came to me that I needed to create a company that I can put together a team of advisors that can service these business owners. So I, I started and founded a company called m &A Network. So we have 40 advisors on that company that provide uh, uh, consultant and education to companies from startup to exit, how to grow their company, how to scale their company, how to sell their company. And, you know, I'm all about education. You know, I want to educate uh, business owners, help them get their objectives met, 
um, and educate other advisors as well. You know, I I need to know a little bit about a lot of different things. I need to know a little bit about finance, legal, insurance, HR, IT, a whole bunch of stuff. Um, and the more I learn, the more I can be a value and be a mm -hmm. resource to you know to you know to our clients. So that's one thing that we have in our marketing. We have implemented uh, you know working with other uh, advisors. Other, I work with other brokers as well. You know, so that's been part of our marketing process. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Well, look, uh, we could probably go three hours, brother, because, uh, you know, <laughs> like you've said, you, you put in the time, the effort. It's really cool to see. And I think the Gopher CEO community, uh, you know, is going to really enjoy this this uh, interview. Um, you know, the way that we end our interviews is talking about CEO. Right. So uh, client experience, engagement and operational excellence. So probably take 30 seconds to to a minute. Um, and share with me kind of that value proposition, right? So when you think about client experience, what comes to mind as the heart of what you guys bring to the table? So, so one of our philosophy is um, our core values that you know, you know, business is personal, right? Um, there is a, a person behind that business. There's a person behind that corporation, right? Uh, so we want to bring that personal, that 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 human touch, right? So when we engage with our clients, you know. We're not speaking at them. They're not speaking at us. We are connecting. I really want to learn who they are, what they're about. Sometimes, majority of the times, our conversation is not even on business. It's on family. Mm -hmm. We're talking about troubles and challenges they have with their family. And their family can be employees you know, and partners, right? Talking about their partnership disputes and things that are going on in the business. That personal touch, really connecting and understanding them to meet their, their objectives. Um, we, Like I mentioned earlier, we have... Um, we have created a, a, a client engagement manager. So that person is, um, you know, is accountable for connecting with the clients and making sure that their needs are met. They're getting reports, they know where they're at in the, the stage of the process and so on. So um, that's one thing that's very unique to us. Uh, we also are uh, team oriented. What that means is we collaborate internally and every client have, has at least two advisors that work with them. So if one is out on vacation or one need coverage, one is sick or whatever, um, there's always two two advisors that work with them plus the staff. So um, that's an area of excellence that we are striving to even surpass every you know month over month. Man, that's uh, it's great investments, and obviously what's making you guys you know soar to the top of the industry. So uh, engagement, uh, you kind of shared a little bit about that and. Uh, I think from the talent that you've been able to put together and, and the team that's growing and, and just beginning, what would you say is maybe uh, uh, an insight of why people, and it could be uh, your team or even customers, but like, wh why do people engage with, you know, with you guys? So when you talk about engagement on the staff level, uh, we have uh, weekly meetings. Actually, sometimes we have, it depends on, you know, this, if it's company or advisors, we have a uh, meeting twice a week and some meetings are weekly and monthly meetings. So uh, the staff is always engaged, you know, what, what's, what's going on with the company um, always, in, in, you know, uh, pouring into them value and help helping them, you know, in, in, in their business um, from the client's perspective. So you, you cannot knock success and you can't knock a track record. So we have been doing this for 19 years. So we have a proven process um, that we execute time over time. Um, and because of my involvement, not just me, so my partners as well, they're involved in their respective industries. We all have leadership positions in, in, the, in the industry. 
um, I get a lot of data. So one committee that I serve on is called the Market Pulse Committee with IBBA. And we send out surveys every quarter to get feedback from other intermediaries, investment bankers, and business brokers. You know, how long you can sell businesses, what are you selling, what's hot, what's not, what are some um, what what are some um, issues you're seeing or challenges you're seeing right now in the marketplace? Mm. So we bring all that data back. So that's pretty unique to us. I mean, other brokers have access to it, but we are actually implementing that in our process. We send out these reports to our um, other centers of influences on our clients. So not only get our data, um, they get our client data. So I would say what's unique about us, we have a, a, a track record. Uh, we have a proven process and we bring that investment banking level of service that world-class service to the lower mid market for not for not for for not the same price uh nice. in a space that's fragmented that needs that service um they want that high level service but they're not that large to afford that service so we bring that to them at a price that they can afford that makes sense for the marketplace it's unique man it's uh that's yeah. pretty awesome the last one is operational excellence so you know, when you think about the things that you've already shared, you know, you, you've got a system for uh, recruitment, you've got a system for the back office, but give us a little bit about kind of what is the, the, that value add proposition of, of how you guys operate. So when you talk about operational excellence, you talk about system and processes and everyone knows where they are in the process. And no matter who you work with in a company, you should get the same level of service and the same level of expectation from that particular advisor. If you go to a McDonald's in Idaho, you go to one in Seattle, Washington, you should get that same level of service. So we have a, a backend process that's universal um, throughout the company. So every client, um, like I said, we have someone internally has a, that does all the quality control, reviews our agreements before they go out, um, does all our valuation work, does all of our um, our SIMs. This is our confidential confidential information memorandums. So every client gets the similar process. And I think uh, for a business, you want to have that you you want to have that uh, same consistency, uh, you know, throughout the company. So that's something I'm not going to say it's perfect because we're always trying to improve. Um, just today, I had a meeting with the staff, um, looking at our KPIs. Um, so you want to track how many buyers um, came in for the month, how many of those buyers send in those disclosure agreements. Out of that, those buyers, how many of them reviewed SIMs, what percentage of those buyers made offers, and how long does it take to get from an offer to a sale and so on. So when you can establish these metrics, you can look back at it at a quarterly basis and then make improvements the next quarter to streamline the process and make it smoother. So when you talk about operation excellence, I think it's, you know, you have to be adaptable as well to the market. But if you don't know your numbers, you, you can make improvements. So you have to track this every week and every month, you know, depending on how you set up your processes. Adding speed, baby, to the game. All right. I love <laughs> it. I love it. Definitely. Awesome, brother. Well, hey, thank you so much for being a part of the Go for CEO community. You know, uh, really appreciate it. We're going to have to do a new one too for M&A Network. We didn't get to touch too much on it, but I know that uh, this is kind of like your biggest baby. And then obviously you're growing M&A as well. And excited to have you in the next six to 12 months, come back and share, you know, different areas of the business. Uh, we hope to 
track you over the you know over the years and, and grow a community that you know is is excited to find out like hey where's Kyle and where's NYBB and what's MA Network doing so um, any last words for our entrepreneurs CEOs founders that are really attracted to this go for CEO community and what we're building. So I, I love what you're doing here, and I love that you focus on operational excellence, you know, um, and engagement, and so on. Because I, it, I get passionate about people, right? I, I think people just lose sight. You know, they they gain all the success and they forgot how they got there. The employees, the janitors, the customers, the vendors, all these people in the ecosystem is was help you get where you at. So um, most importantly, as a business owner, you want to make sure you hire right. Right, take your time hiring. If you need to consult with a, a HR consultant, so I want to help you um, vet and interview employees. You want to do that. When you hire them, you want to keep them. You want to retain them. You want to train them. Right. You want to train them. Make sure they know their roles. Make sure they want. Not only they can do the roles that they that they want to do it. Right. So you want to hire right. You want to train right. Um, and um, you know you want to offer. You want to be flexible as well. Uh, I think that's one of the biggest um, concerns that employees have, that um, employees are flexible. And there was a, a study that that came out that said one of the reasons why employees leave because they're not appreciated. So mm -hmm. you, you want to empower your, 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 your staff, you know, give them some, you know, some intricate, some things to do that can stretch their minds and give, you know, uh, create some more confidence and empower them in their role. So I'll, I'll leave you at that, John. Awesome. Awesome, <laughs> brother. Well, hey, man. I appreciate it. And ladies and gentlemen, if you are new to the channel and your first time watching, you just got a treat uh, listening to Kyle Griffith, you know, and uh, just the power and the strength that he shares, um, you know, subscribe to the channel because I didn't say that at the beginning. Subscribe, I am John. Man, subscribe. subscribe to the channel, you know, share the channel, share this interview. Uh, you know, we'll have it on LinkedIn. We'll have it on YouTube and all the other uh, great social media outlets. And uh, hey, by the way, you know, leave a comment for Kyle because I know he'll interact with this. And you know, if you, if they want to get a hold of you, Kyle, what is the best way to get a hold of you and in your group? So you want to go to my company website, which is the nybbgroup.com. That's t h e n y b b group.com. Or you can just Google my name, um, Kyle Griffith. It should populate somewhere there. Or you can go to my other company's website, which is um, MNA Network, E M I N A E network.com. What is Google MNA? You should find me. LinkedIn is my home base. You can look me up on LinkedIn and just reach out. Say you heard me on John's program and um, let's connect, man. Let's, let's, let's build people's businesses, right, John? Let's go. That's right. Build on the bomb building others means business that's what this is all about <laughs> awesome, awesome brother well hey thank you so much and we look forward to having you back on the gopher ceo channel soon thank you appreciate it